0: Today, we're going to be talking um, in Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. Uh, Probably the best way to follow along is on our our movement app this morning. If you need a Bible, you can raise your hand. One of our friendly family members in red would love to give you one. I'm going to throw out a bunch of stuff that I had, had really planned on today. I really felt like today the Lord is just doing something unique. Our church services don't normally look the way that they've been looking all morning long. I'm, I'm serious. Like, all morning long, it's just been like, well, okay, what are you doing now? Like, 8 a.m. was different, then 9.30 was different, and then this one, I'm just like, okay, Lord, like, I submit, like, whatever you want to do. One of our values is uh, structure always submits to spirit. And so um, I just felt like we needed to hear some drums, and I felt like we needed to sing that line so we need to hear some guitar and, um, and it's totally okay. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it is completely okay. And so um, I just feel like God wants us to have a freedom. He wants an awakening in our hearts to, um, to be able to enjoy and be like kids and enjoy what he's given us. And So as we talk the last handful of weeks about growing in our relationship uh, with our church, having a healthy relationship talk talked about being committed. I talked about last week, like you should be in a growing relationship. A healthy relationship is a growing relationship. I'm going to talk today about a few marks of a growing relationship. How do you know you're in a growing relationship? What are the marks of that? I know that these are the questions I ask myself. We're going to talk about a few of those. We're going to start in Hebrews chapter five. Verse 11 through 14. It says, we have much to say about this. This is a letter that's being written. To these people who are struggling, because what's happening is, is that they're they've been told about the good news of Jesus. They've said, "Yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I'm I'm, I'm following this good news of Jesus." And then somewhere along the line, they they kind of grew to the point where, like, you know, if you hear something over and over again, you're just like, "Yeah, yeah, I've heard that like seventy times," and things begin to be a little bit numb and dull on our ears, and so. There's, there's, there's a bit of apathy taking place, uh, if I can use that word, uh, and the church has just become kind of apathetic, and so uh, this letter is to awaken and say, listen, I want to give you some context, and I felt like this, is a, this was a word for us today, currently, not just the movement church, but as a whole, so I'm speaking uh, threefold. I'm speaking, number one, to the hearts of individuals, myself included. I'm speaking to us as a, as a family. I'm speaking to the church globally as a whole. Says we have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you were slow to learn. Have you ever had somebody that that has come to you and said like, "Hey, man, I'm really struggling. I'm having a hard time, and I'm in a bit of a mess, and uh, and I need your advice." Has anyone ever sought you out for advice? Like, what do you think about? And they begin telling you all the stuff that like, you know, I'm dealing with this and that and the other, and I'm really having a hard time with. And, and by the time they get done telling you all the things they're seeking advice for, this is your answer is like, honestly, you're like, wow, there's a lot right there that I could talk about because there's a lot, there's a lot of train wreck happening. There's a, there's a big mess right there. And you ever had a person that has come to you repeatedly or maybe you're the person like, I'm the person that would go to you and ask you for advice and then I would, I would walk away and I, would, I, I, I wouldn't really listen to what you were saying. And I would come back to you and ask you the same thing. And this is like what, what, what's being talked about right here. There's a lot to say to you because there is a train wreck happening. But we're having a hard time because you're dull of hearing and you're not listening. And so you keep walking away and coming back with the same problem. There's a, there, there, can you sense a little bit of the frustration, maybe? Like, would you get—I'm just—would you get frustrated with somebody that kept coming back to you asking you for the same, about the same problem? You'd be like, "When are you stop? Wait, time out, stop. What are you doing? It—it it hurts. Stop putting your hand in the fire. It hurts when I hit my head with a hammer. Stop hitting your head with the hammer." I don't know why. It hit, my head still hurts. Right? I want you... This is the tone of what's, being, of what's being laid out here. So he says, there's a lot to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you're, you're slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. By this time, you should know this, man. This is what he's saying. It's Friday. Craig, you ain't got no job. You should know this, man. okay right he says you need milk not solid food anyone who lives on the milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil now What I'm going to present is, I'm going to present that we have a segment of society. uh, And I want to be really clear about this. We have a segment of society that are in a relationship with the church. That they're in a leaning position. And God wants to move us from a leaning position to a leading position. And what I mean by leaning is, I'm not talking about, there there are individuals, I know in my life, there's times that, yes, 100%, We lean. We lean on the relationships in the church. We lean on Jesus. We lean into the family. Yes, that is, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about leaning like as if to have a crutch. And we lean on the church and it's a one-sided relationship. It's you're here to serve me. It's not reciprocal. There's no there's no reciprocity. There's no give and take. It's you, churches, church exists to love me. The church exists to help me and get me out of my circumstance. The, here's one. The church exists for me to come to and ask for a solution to the same problem that I've been having. And the church exists to just deal with me as I work through this problem. You know what I'm doing, right? As I work through the headache that I have in life and I can't figure the headache out. In church, what's your problem? I don't understand because you're here to serve me and I'm here to lean on you. And, And I think what God this morning is saying is he wants to take us from a position of leaning on the church and he wants to push us into a position of leading and influence, lead, influence. So this idea of us have... It says we're we're dull of hearing. That we no longer try to understand this word. It means to no longer try to understand sluggish, lazy. Or figuratively, this is what... Again, this is what the Bible scholars say. This is the commentary. This is not me. I didn't make this up. I want you to understand. It it means stupid. Do you know what what stupid is? Stupid is is that I know something, but I ignore it or I continue to do something. Stupid is... Uh, when I say to one of my children, you need to take out the trash. And as the words are coming out of my mouth, this is, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hold on a second, time out. If you know that you're supposed to take out the trash, why are you not doing it? You're, you're, te- you're stupid. And I don't want you to be stupid because you, you're like, you're my child. That's my DNA. That means that I have stupid in me. And I gave you stupid. And I don't want you to be stupid. I want you to hear. I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? And I want you to do what it is that's being said. And I don't want you to be lazy. The word lazy. I don't want you. That's what this means. Dolaping. Lazy. I don't want you to be sluggish. I don't want you to have no energy. The word lazy means... uh, Disinclined to activity or exertion. Not energetic or vigorous. <laughs> I don't want to be lazy in life. That's just me personally. I don't want to be lazy in life. I had someone tell me when I was really little, like, oh, you're late." They said, have you ever had someone speak something to you and it sticks in your heart? I had someone tell me, like, man, you're late. You're kind of late. Like, don't be lazy. And I, oh, man. Like that's, a, like, that's kind of a trigger of mine to if I feel like I'm being lazy. So I'm like, I just got to do something. Like... I'm not really doing anything productive, but I'm doing something because I don't want to be lazy. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be lazy, and it's so. It's this idea of like we're we're dull of hearing, we're lazy, we're sluggish. We're not. And and I I begin to think about it's it's this apathy takes over. Apathy is is similar, but it's it it means to not have interest or concern. It means to be indifferent or unresponsive. God is calling you. You're sitting here. You're looking for something. There's some reason why, like no one, no one put a, put a weapon to your back and made you come and sit in these wonderful discolored seats that are all different colors. Cause this, this looks like, it's like the face of our church. It's just very diverse, purple and gray and blue, and they all work. And we have different colored seats because we got a great deal on them. And so the chair company said, we'll sell you these seats cause none of them match. And we said, that sounds just like us. Right? And we sit in these comfy seats and and I, I'm telling you, God is calling you. Even if you're looking for something, I'm telling you that I think the prescription to what you're looking for is the name of Jesus. And for whatever reason you're here this morning and he's calling you. And too often we we get the call. Especially in society, we get the call to something and we go, eh. And we're just apathetic. But we need to listen and we need to do. The first thing that you can look at that you know that you have a growing, healthy relationship with the church is if your listening is leading to activation. Number one, your listening is leading to activation. James 1.22 says, Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Don't merely, don't listen to what, don't listen to what the preacher's saying and then deceive yourself. Hold on a second. If I'm listening, how is that deception? Because it says, do what it says. Pastor, pastor, pastor. Uh, you know, I'm really struggling and you know, uh, i have just been dealing with all these things and this, this is me. This was me in my life. I've come to the past. I'm just struggling. I'm really dealing with all these things and I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. I got it, but I feel like the enemy is like, cause he's called the deceiver. He's deceiving me and I don't want to say his name. So I'll call him the enemy. It's like a code word. It's the enemy. He's little red-horned dude. Like, you mean Satan. don't say it. He's the deceiver. And it's like every time I hear what the pastor's saying, I, 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 hear, I hear what you're saying, and it's like, it's, it's like the enemy takes the words and sweeps them off the landscape of my heart before they get seated. And it's the enemy's fault. He's deceiving me. I'm sorry to tell you, but this scripture right here says that the only deceiver involved in this equation is me. Because I'm listening and I'm not doing. I'm not being deceived by some great enemy. I'm not being deceived by some great spiritual power that is at war against me oftentimes. Do you know who I'm being deceived mostly by? Myself. Do you know who I'm most embroiled in battle with in my life and at war with? Myself. And I will continue to be apathetic if I don't hear what it is, if I don't read what it is that's being said to me. If I don't go, this is the stuff, go do the stuff. Why wouldn't you want to go do that stuff? Because I just want the information. Okay, then as long as you want the information, don't pretend that you want the transformation. I need God to transform the situation, but you got to move. Because if you have a healthy, growing relationship with the church, you're going to understand that you're going to listen to what's being said. And when the pastor told me that, I said, at what point do I punch you right between your eyes? Because I don't like what it is that you're presenting to me. He said, that's fine. You will continue to sit in the exact same spot that you're in. And I'm here to walk along with you. But if you want to sit down, feel free and sit for however long you want. But it is up to you. The rest of this scripture is fascinating. He says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, Jesus, and continues in it, following Jesus, not just believing in it, not forgetting what they have heard. What have you heard? What what, what is it that you're hearing? What is it that God's speaking to you? What is it that you're reading when you go through and you say, I'm going to turn the Bible up and I'm going to read the scripture? What is it that your friend who's like, I'm praying for you and begins saying things to you, what is it that you've been invited into to hear these things? If you would not forget what you have heard, but you're doing it, you will be blessed in what you do. I'm going to write a new book, How to Be Blessed. Okay? Okay. Here's what it's going to consist of. I'm going to put out a podcast to match it. You guys, I want you to all subscribe. I want you to, it's going to be the easiest listen, the easiest read you've ever had in your life. The title is going to match the first chapter and there's no other chapters. You can read the forward and get the gist of it. Here's the sense. Here's how to have a blessed life. What you listen to, begin to do. This scripture says, you will be blessed. If you and I want a blessed life, if we would begin doing, if we would allow our listening to lead us to activation, we would stop leaning and we would start leading and we would find ourselves being blessed in ways that we never imagined. (laughs) I'm going to move on. Number two, fueling. Focuses your feelings. Uh, this whole thing about being apathetic. Here's the here's the line that goes with it. Can you guess what I'm gonna say? I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. We we should be really careful with our feelings. We have have lots happening in our world right now based on feelings. We have countries at war based on feelings. We we, we have people committing crimes based on feelings. And we don't want to offend anybody, so we're like, we can't actually look at somebody and go, your feelings actually are not at all accurate. You cannot. Microaggression. You've triggered me, I'm offended. You can't tell me how I can feel and I can't feel. Says the person who takes advantage of the young child by molesting them and traumatizing for the rest of their life. Why did that person do that? Because they felt like it. Come on, you wanna know the truth? I'm speaking the truth right now. That's the truth. And that's crap. We can't boil morality and what we do in our life down to just our feelings. Our feelings will always lead us astray. We have to kill this idea of, like, I don't feel like it. You know, there's times I go to bed and I have a little four-month-old baby. She's not little. She's like a little meat bag. She <laughs> had to buy like size three diapers for her. She's four months old. She's, she can't even sit up. She just whaw, falls over. I try. It's like a game. I set her up and she just folds in half. All the little wrinkles and chubs, she just boof on me. And my, why are you doing that? And I said, it's hilarious. <laughs> she has no muscle. She's just all blubber. Look at her. She's so cute, right? So I go to bed. I'm feeling pretty good. My dad, got seven kids. Little four-month-old, she's asleep. I wake up, I got three other kids in my bed. (laughs) I'm looking around, I'm like, you think in that moment I feel like being a dad? I'm like, look, I know that you're all my kids, but you need to get out. I didn't invite you into this bed. I don't know why I had to wake up in the morning to your breath. I don't know why I had to wake up to your foot in my neck. I don't know why in the world I'm even dealing with you right now. I don't feel like being your daddy right now. You could go, if you, want, if you want to get on my good side, you should go make your mommy some coffee and you should, put, you should put a banana with some sunflower butter and some honey on a plate for dad and you should bring it upstairs and then I might start feeling like being your daddy. <laughs> for me to begin to lead, I have to understand that how I fuel myself Actually focuses my feelings, so when i don 't feel like being a dad, what am I fueling myself with let, 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 me, let me let me say it this way first and foremost, when I say i don 't feel like it, I need like a spiritual chiropractic moment right there and this is what god this is what God revealed to me in this text it says He goes, hey, I got a lot to say to you guys, but you know, you guys are like really dull of hearing. And by this time, you ought to be teachers. You know that word ought? O-U-G-H-T, ought. Such a funny word. Just say it. Say it right now. Ought. Very phenomenally weird word. Like, why can't we just spell it like O-T, ought? It's a bunch of G's and H's in there. Here's what it means to be obligated. It means Must. Did you know that when I read this scripture, it says, man, you're, this was saying, you you've got a train work situations going on, but you're so apathetic. And by now, you have an obligation that you should be an instructor. You should be an influencer. It's a non-option. I'm not suggesting to you that if you feel like it, that you should be maturing. I'm not suggesting to you that you should get off of the bosom of your mother. So I'm going to paint a picture culturally. When this letter was written, the picture that was painted was very awkward. Because when he said, you ought to be an instructor. And by now, it's like, you're still drinking milk. And like, why? what he's saying is, he's like, you're like 16. You're like a grown adult. You're 35. You're 50 and you're still nursing from the bosom of your mother. And that's awkward, bro. Doesn't that paint like an awkward picture? That's actually what this text means, contextually to the culture he was speaking to. But isn't that what happens when we walk around and I'm like, I don't feel like it. I just want my mommy. I, 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 need to, I need to get all, I need to be weaned from nursing on the church and I need to become a producer instead of a consumer. We need to become producers in the kingdom instead of consumers in the kingdom. Will you? Okay. I have a, I have a race that I'm going to be doing, half Ironman race in December. I'm like eight weeks out of the race. I was feeling very fatigued. I was feeling very tired, to the point of I almost felt like I was I was I was like feeling depressed. Is, can anyone relate to this? You're just tired. You don't want to get up. I mean, I was like I just don't even want to get out of bed. And I've been thinking like, gosh, I'm feeling like almost depressed. And I realized what was happening was, is that I was training to be a champion, but I wasn't fueling to be a champion. And so I called my nutritionist up and I said, hey. Um, Kyla, can you help me out? I'm feeling really fatigued and I'm having a hard time, like not just in my workouts. I'm, not, I'm having a hard time just focusing on being a dad. My brain function, it's like kind of foggy, which isn't a surprise. I do have ADD, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I didn't sit long enough to take the test, but I mean, <laughs> and ADD is a good thing. That means something, add, ADD, add. I was like, oh, the doctor I was like, oh, is that good? Something was added to me. I have more of something. And he's like, yeah, you got more of something. Okay. So I'm like, Kyle you got to help me out? So she goes, well, Hey, what are you eating? I said, well, this is, this is the eating kind of plan that I've been working off of. And she goes, yeah, but dude, you're, you're right now, what you're doing is like you, the workload that you're putting your body through. And on top of that, you've got a seventh child at home. And on top of that, and she starts listing all these things in my life. She goes, it's no wonder that you feel, no wonder you feel fatigued, and you're wondering if it's depression because you're not fueling like you're a champion. Oh, she goes, let me fix this for you. So she sends me this whole like you know, I break down on my macronutrients I won't get into. And she goes, what we need to do is, we need to keep your you know, protein the same. you want to keep your lean muscle the same. You wanna be strong, but you wanna, you wanna lean out. Because for the race, she's like, I wanna strip as much weight as possible, but I wanna be strong still. So she's like, I need to boost your carbohydrates a little bit because you're really burning through your glycogen and these workouts are really tough for you. But you need good brain function. So we're gonna lift your fats, okay? And I focus on those three things, protein, fat, carbohydrate. That's what I eat during the day. I can't even tell you how many calories I eat in the day. But all I know is after three days, I didn't feel depressed. I didn't feel fatigued. You know why? Because in order to feel like it, I had to fuel like it. God is calling you and I to stop with the apathy. He's calling, and I'm not, like, I'm not putting on you that you're apathetic. I'm merely saying, like, this, is a, this is a broad statement. We need to end apathy, and we need to understand that God has actually created us to be champions of something, and we need to fuel like a champion in order to feel like a champion. I don't feel like I have purpose. Pat, you're not fueling like you have purpose. You get up in the morning and if it's like me, it's like if I get up and like Twinkies and Ho-Hos all day long, I'm not going to fuel like I'm a champion. I'm like, give me the red vines. I just want, I want a Slurpee and red vines. And that's how I'm going to fuel myself. Do you think I'm going to become a champion? No. I'm going to be, I don't feel like I'm, you know, people. God's like, you have to fuel. You have to get off of the bosom and you have to get to the meat. You got to get to something solid. That word solid food is, is steadfast. It's firm. You need something firm in your system to be able to sustain what it is that God has called you to. The journey that God's called you to, it's not a journey from here to the refrigerator. The more mature you get, how many of you leave the house during the day? Goodness gracious. How many of you have jobs? Come on. This isn't a trick question, guys. Okay. You have a job. Do you leave the house to do your job? Some people don't. Do you? If you, Raise your hand if you leave the house to do your job. Okay. Did you know that when you were born in nursing, you didn't have the distance to travel that you have to travel now? Did you know because of your maturity, it requires a different diet? Because your body, has to, your body is bigger. It takes more to fuel it. I'm wondering how many of us are walking around spiritually malnourished because we're content with leaning on the church and nursing. Our growth is being stunted. You're not, you're not seeing the things that you have in your heart that you're like, yeah. Do you, do you think I'm a passionate person? <laughs> Some of you are like, hey, is this a trick question? It takes a lot to fuel passion. God is awakening. Word that I had this morning, I feel like God is, he wants to awaken. He wants to wake us up. Wake us up from our slumber is what the scripture says. That we can begin walking, that we can begin, as we hear him, we begin doing it. We read it, we do it. We hear it, we move. And then we begin the process like, "Oh, this is gro- this is this is healthy growth." Why? Cuz I'm now now I'm actually fueling what it is that God's calling me to do. Let's stand. My last point. I'm going to make Pretty quickly. So, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant. That word infant means an, it, it, the picture he's painting is an immature Christian. Anyone who lives on milk being still an immature Christian is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. Solid food, meat. Steadfast, firm, nutrient de- like nu- nutrient dense food. Things that you got to chew on for a little bit. If you're willing to do the work and chew on those things. It says But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Constant use is the power acquired through habit. That's what it means. We know that we're in a growing relationship with the church when our experience becomes an exercise. Here's what I mean. It says that through constant use and training, through the habit of training, training, exercise. What does exercise give you? Strength. I'm training for a triathlon. So Saturday, I got up, I'm staying in a trailer down in Del Mar at the fairgrounds, right? For David St. So I brought my bicycle and my stretchy clothes with me and I got up in the morning. It was 40 degrees, so I waited because it was too cold to put on a thin layer of lycra and ride in the wind, and when it got warm enough, I rode from Del Mar up the coast to Oceanside, down the 76 out to Guahomey, turned around, rode back down the 76, back down to Del Mar, parked my bike next to the RV we're staying in, put my running shoes on, grabbed a bottle of water and ran four miles as fast as I could. Why am I doing that? I want you to think about this. It's okay. If you hate tests, this isn't a test. So I can go further next time. Why, why else would I do this? So when they why else would I do this? Discipline. Why else would I do this? These are good answers. These are good. Why else would I do this? Huh? Endurance. Why else? Feel accomplished. Why else would I do this? To so what? Be prepared. Come on. Because you know what happens? When I get out and I create a habit of walking through an experience over and 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 over when I don't feel like it and it's five in the morning and I don't want to get up because it's cold. But I have a value that I want to get my workout done so I can get home and take my children to school because I want to be part of their life. And I don't feel like doing it. I'm developing, I'm developing a habit of exercising and doing something over and over and over and over again. Do you know why? For the experience. Because when it comes time for the test when it comes time for the race, I've already put myself in that position. I've already done that at five in the morning. I've already been cold. I've already shivered my way to the finish line. I've already felt nauseous. I've already dehydrated myself. I've already thrown up on the side of the race course because I know what it feels like to spend every single ounce of who you are in the race of life. I'm ready for the game because I've walked through the experience that the preparation happens when I strip everything off of my Self, and I'm willing to put myself in front of God and say, you can have everything that I am, everything uninhibited, and I'm going to run the race that you've given me. You want to hear something really awkward about this word train to exercise? Do you know what it means? You guys are going to be mind blown. Horrible mental picture, but I'm going to tell you. It means to practice naked for the games. What? 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 Imagine Olympics coming up, 2020. Imagine all the Olympic, like the only time they wear clothes is when they're competing. But while they're practicing, they're practicing naked. That's what this word means. Exercise to practice naked for the games. And I thought when I read that, I was like, God, how am I going to preach that? That's a disturbing word. God began to speak to me spiritually and said, Pat, I want to awaken you to this idea that we become encumbered by the things that we put on and we acquire as we're trying to practice and gain experience. God, I want to experience you right now. And I can't even hear God because I'm too encumbered by the things I got on. God, I want to feel you right now, but I can't even feel his presence because I'm too encumbered by all the things that I want to put on and I think these things are enhancing me, making me run better, making me feel better. God said, no, 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 here's the deal. I want you to create a habit of getting naked before me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where there's nothing but me and you. And I want you to experience the authentic, raw, uninhibited presence. Who I am. And as you do this, and you make it a habit, this is your exercise. You will begin to grow. Let's close our eyes. I feel like right now, uh, there, there's, some, there's some people in this room this is going to make sense for. I feel like the word is Masks. This is the word masks. Some of us, uh, even in our even in our walk with Jesus, case, I'm talking about two or something. One, people that say, "Yes, I believe in Jesus. I'm following Jesus," but we we walk in our life with Jesus with masks on, and we're not willing to like we're still not stripped down before God, in a, in a vulnerable place where we're like you like we're not being honest with God. Like He doesn't already see us. Some of us. Literally, some of you right now in your life, in your heart, you're guarding yourself by wearing masks. You're guarding your hearts by putting on masks. I guarantee you, there's at least one. There's at least one woman in this room. at least one woman in this room who is who has been taught through experiences in life that they have to wear a mask and they can't they can't let their guard down they're not they're not afforded the ability to be vulnerable and you desperately want you want the freedom to know that you're lovely you want the freedom to know that God is safely he's calling you to a place of like you're lovely harm, there's no hurt. And that's it. What I just said is very vulnerable for, for if that's you in this room. I'm not going to publicly call you out. However, I will tell you, I'm going to ask that if that's you, if you're a female, and maybe there's more than one, if that's you, before you walk out of this room, to my left, to your right, there's some women over here. Find one of the ladies. Have them pray for you. We want to protect that. But what God wants to do is He wants to awaken in you the knowledge who you are. He wants the masks removed. We don't have to continue putting things on for people. I think we've preached to our young women in culture too long that when they wake up in the morning, their face has to be painted perfect and their hair has to be did. God wants the masks to be removed. Here's what's going to happen. I'm just going to have Joby just continue to play his piano. I'm going to actually release anyone who wants to go. I'm going to pray in a second. I'm going to release anyone who wants to go. But I feel like the Lord wants to minister some things. You take as much time as you want, but God wants to breathe life back into some areas that are lying dormant, that maybe you don't even realize in your heart, you don't even realize we're there, or maybe that have been there, but have just been quieted by a numerous amount of things, and God wants to reawaken those things this morning. When you hear the word, it's time to move. So I'm going to ask for some vulnerability. If you need prayer this morning, I'm going to ask that you come forward right now. You heard the word, the heart of a father, to not be fearful, but just come forward. And it's Okay. with waiting yeah he's calling us out of our slumber family right yeah I'm just praying right now just a peace right now God, I just pray for peace, Lord. The awakening of hearts, Lord Jesus. To know, his, to know his perfect protection. Like as we sang it, like even when we don't see it, he's working. And you haven't seen it or felt it, but he's been working. I'm speaking to you. I don't want you to be mistaken. I'm speaking directly to you. Even when you haven't felt it, and even when you haven't seen it. Even when it's been you and you alone in tears, crying out, he has heard you and he's working. You understand that, right? Pray right now, just in general, just corporately. um, Awaken our hearts, God. Wake us up. Shock our hearts if need be. Resuscitate the things in our hearts that are sleeping that need to be woken up. Give us ears that aren't dull. Give us strategies on how to fuel like a champion. Give us strategies on how to fuel like a child of God. Give us the experiences, the deep personal, the deep personal experiences of meeting with you. That we would be in the habit of stripping away all of the things that we acquire along our day, we acquire along a lifetime. And we would strip all that away and we would be in the habit of sitting bare before you and saying, I want to experience this give and take relationship with you. And you're growing me, God, as I sit here. I make myself vulnerable in front of you. and we're going to continue just to minister. Amen.